Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He's done it again. Marcus Rashford on his Premier League debut. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League Podcast here on FanReg Sports. My name is Sebastian Norin. With me is Elliot Niblock. No apology today, but he has graced us with a mobile take that we'll play to you at the end of this episode. First and foremost, Elliot, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. We're having a resurgent Indian summer here in Chicago, so it's boy, it broke 90 yesterday, and I think it's going to get up close to that today, so... There's there's the weather updates. We've been shirking those of late. Yeah, I mean, that that is the most important thing. It is weather, you know, when we actually have seasons. Like, it was one thing when I was living in Arizona. It's like, oh, how's the weather? It's hot as balls all the time. <laughs> like, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's just 110 today. Oh, you know, it's uh, so, but yeah, living out in the Midwest now where we actually have some, some seasons. And yeah, it's hot and muggy here too. I think we're going to hit 88, which is... Uh, not ideal for my utility bill. No, no, but, you know, I, at the same time, it's not ideal when it's minus 10 either, and I'll take this weather for as much longer as we're going to get it. I mean, you can always bundle, bundle up. I, yeah. I, I don't yeah. mind wearing layers and putting on a nice winter coat and stuff like that, but as far as just being, especially here, when it's, because having lived across different climates now, I'll take 100 in Arizona over 85, 88 out here any day of the week. Oh, yeah. Any the, day of the week. The humidity is yeah. just brutal. It's, just brutal. It sucks. And you know what else kind of sucked? The third round of the Carabao Cup, as we have to call it now for sponsorship <laughs> reasons. This was a very meh two days of games. There was nothing really that excited me. I think the best game was Burnley against Leeds, which went to penalties and Leeds pulled through. So that was the one little upset there that I flagged for. So I'm happy about that. Although I'm not particularly happy to see Leeds win. Yeah. But besides that, it was pretty much all the favorites won. I I guess you could say that Leicester beating Liverpool was, you know, a little bit... I wouldn't call it an upset, but it was not a, I think Liverpool were favored going into Oh, definitely. Game. Definitely. I mean, and I saw, you know, Klopp has always been one to, you know, he doesn't really pull punches in responding to his critics, although he strikes me as still a little bit less to kind of bemoan, woe is me, the press is out to get me, <laughs> than some managers. Um, but, you know, he was commented he's like boy you'd think that we're we're picked to finish bottom of the league at this point in terms of the vitriol that he's getting from the press but you know i mean yeah but that's liverpool though 
I mean, yeah. it's a historic club with a great history where people are still expecting you to be challenging for the title, although you're not really a title contender. Yeah. And I mean, I mean they, they had and they had a pretty strong team on the field too. They started Coutinho, they started Oxlade Chamberlain, started Vilnaldum, started Henderson. Yeah, I mean it's a strong team. I think that at some point you have to you know, you have to also look at Leicester and say that this is a team that still has got a lot of quality in it, right? Like the the fact that they won the Premier League 2 years ago and yeah, I mean they're missing very key pieces of that team. Golo Conte clearly first and foremost among them. But nonetheless, you know, it was a Cinderella story that's maybe once in a lifetime, but it wasn't a fluke. Like this is a good squad. And so you got to give them some credit too for running out 2-0 victors. Yeah, exactly. And you got goals by Slimani and Okasaki, so that's good too that those two guys get on the board. Uh, I think it's interesting to see the Daniel Amarte, who's been used as a right back in this game, has played central midfield before, has played on the wing. He's sort of a, what do you call it, jack of all trades? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So very, you know, useful player to have. And uh, For sure. And, and honestly, I think that this is precisely the kind of game in which Okazaki can thrive, um, you know, because the, they're going to rotate the squad and that means he's going to start. But he, he, for me, over the course of the last two seasons, even with Leicester's frustrating campaign last year, I mean, he's candidate for the best 12th man, I think. I mean, you know, the best first substitute off the bench because he's a player whom I've rated really highly since before he arrived in the Premier League when he was in the Bundesliga. And, you know, he's scored some really crucial goals for Leicester in their championship campaign and in what was, unfortunately for them, last year, a campaign just to avoid relegation. But, I mean, you know, I, I he's a player that I'm going to be excited to watch next year uh, in Russia and see. Because I, I think Japan has got a sneaky good squad that they're going to bring to that World Cup. Mm, sneaky good. Always fun. Always fun. Yeah, uh, elsewhere, I mean, Tottenham, they only got a one nothing win over Barnsley. Deli Ali with the goal in that one. And they also started a fairly strong team. Kieran Trippier was in there. Musa Dembele was in there. Deli Ali was in there. Musa Sissoko, Hong, Son Heung-min, Llorente started up front. So Harry Kane got to rest for a little bit. But only one nothing. But at this point, you just take the win and you move on. And it was yeah. th- the same thing for Arsenal against Doncaster. Oh, one nothing there on Wednesday. I mean, and honestly, it was it it was a game that the potential deviation from that scoreline was massive because Olivier Giroud very nearly opened the scoring with a beautiful overhead kick that went off the bar. Arsenal had a bevy of chances some of which were squandered, some of which were well cut out by Doncaster. And then they, you know, they turned from flair to flat, and they really clung on for dear life to that 1-0 victory. I mean, it it could have been 4-0, 4-1 Arsenal, and it could have very easily been 2-1, 3-1 Doncaster. So, I mean, it's, it's a result that's frustrating to see ground out, but at the same time, 
you know, you're playing youngsters out of position at wing back. We were always going to get caught out a couple of times and we need Ainsley Maitland Niles twice over to use his pace to rescue us when a Doncaster player was through on goal once bailing out, you know, his teammate De Silva and once bailing himself out after an atrocious back pass. It was, I actually, you know, we'll hear Paulie's final thoughts later, but I personally love League Cup games. I mean, I, yeah, they can be really tepid affairs. And as you said, rightly, Seb, I mean, this was, uh, truly pedestrian match day for the Carabao mm. Cup, but I like I like getting to see the youngsters have a run out again. You know, Pauly has a chip on his shoulder about the lack thereof with United squad, and I mean, you know, Arsenal as well. Like we started Giroud, we started Alexis. Now there's a lot of quality in these sides when the premier, like when the top teams in the Premier League play lower league opposition, but. They can they can end up being really magical affairs like the Arsenal I believe seven to five was the scoreline against Reading a few years ago which is still one of the best Arsenal matches I've ever seen and then there's these where chances go squandered you grind out a nervy one nil victory and yeah I I was excited to watch and I sure wished I had spent those two hours doing something else yesterday afternoon. Well, I, I feel that I like the FA Cup better because then you got the Cinderella stories from the you know way lower leagues. That's what I think it's it's a little bit of fun. As far as the League Cup, I mean it's meh. It's not as exciting. It really isn't. Yeah. Unless but... unless you get to see a lot of the youngsters. At least Arsenal had two of them starting and a couple more on the bench. Well, and... I mean three really. Yeah. To be to be quite honest. Well, it no. depends. And and also players who are certainly not youngsters, but I mean. Jack Wilshire played 90 minutes of top flight football. Did he get a, they did, were... did he get a medal? <laughs> I don't know, maybe Arsene Wenger. Honestly, the medal that he still wears every game is wearing the number 10 shirt despite having barely featured for Arsenal for the wow. last 2 years. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's it, 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 I I still enjoy these fixtures and I hear what you're saying, Seb. I mean, nobody's going to tell you that the FA Cup is as illustrious as it was 20 years ago, and yet nobody's going to tell you that the League Cup even comes close to the FA Cup standing today. But I think it's part of the reason that I like them is that they come early in the season, and so they seem like a preview when, like, yeah, Arsenal are sitting in 12th place, but anything could still happen, and by the time the top-flight clubs are in the FA Cup, then I'm gritting down in my traditional mid-season, oh, woe is me, how could you do this to me again yeah. for Arsenal? And so, therefore, it's a little nervier. But then again, we've won that competition a whole lot in the last five years. Yeah, it is It is a trophy. It is a trophy. Yeah, touching quickly upon Manchester United 4, Burton 1. And like Paulie's going to talk to you about later, United going with a very strong side. No youngsters starting this one or... You know, yes, Marcus Rashford is a youngster, but he's a regular in the first team. But no academy players at all. There was pretty much only one in the in the squad, and that was Scott McTominay, and he came in from the bench. Other than that, you know, you got... I mean, it's a starting 11 that could start any Premier League game. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. They took a four four to one win. It was a easy game for them. Chelsea spanked Nottingham Forest five to one, and Michi Bachuai with the uh, hat trick there. So yeah, 
really good for him. But same thing there. I mean, they started Eden Hazard, they started Fabregas, started Cahill. They're taking this seriously, and that's fine because it is a trophy. At the end of the day, you can say that, "Hey, we won this. Here's the trophy to prove it." So it yeah. is what it is. But it was a mundane round of games. Hopefully, the uh, the next round will be better. I mean, it's yeah. uh, if we take a quick look at what's to come. So this won't be played until late October, which is kind of sad. Swansea, Man United, Chelsea, Everton, Bournemouth, Middlesbrough, Bristol City, Crystal Palace, Leicester, Leeds, Man City against Wolves, Tottenham against West Ham, Arsenal against Norwich. Yeah, Chelsea, Everton, that's an interesting fixture. Yes. I mean, I think that seems to be the tie of the round for me. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if Leeds can uh, squeak through again as they play Leicester on the road, but it's uh, it's not... Super sexy slate of games. I mean, yes, a London Derby is always nice too. Tottenham and West Ham. Yeah. And uh, they will go up against each other on Saturday, which is nice. And we'll talk about that game and a couple of others right after these words. And we're back. We're going to talk about a couple of games that are coming up this weekend as we're already on match week, match week six. It's coming at us quickly. West Ham against Tottenham. That kicks things off on Saturday, 7.30 a.m. Eastern kickoff time at the London Stadium. Mm -hmm. The London Derby at the London Stadium. I mean, this is a uh, big game for West Ham. They, they want to beat Spurs badly. Well, and it's a big game for Spurs as well because... Yeah, they, can't, know, they can't afford to drop points in this. No, I mean, given their, you know, their one, their scoreless draw, just getting one point last week, and then, I, you know, times have changed in London, right? Like, time was that Tottenham was clearly the lesser side between themselves and West Ham, but the Hammers have, you know, in theory, again, you look at the team sheet, and I, I know Paulie has disagreed with me vehemently about this, but I hold it is nonetheless true that this West Ham team has a lot of quality in the side. I mean, Chicharito, still a player I rate highly. Lanzini, Andy Carroll, don't think either one has ever lived up to their potential, but still quality players. Andre Ayew. Joe Hart, I mean, still, they have the player who will, not certainly, I don't think it's a clear cut between the sticks, but probably is still, you know, in the mix for being the England number one goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. I, th I mean, this is a team that has players who can hurt you again, whether they can just get it together and play like a team remains to be seen because they're going to absolutely have to do that against Spurs, even at home, if they hope to, you know, because Swansea looked, Fantastic, And admittedly, it was also a really sterling performance from Lucas Fabianski in goal. But Swansea played compact. They played together. They were looking to hit Tottenham on the break, but never so much so that they broke down defensively. And that's the kind of performance that West Ham are going to have to have. I don't think that they've shown us this season anything even really close to that. But... You know, they'll they'll want to get something from this match, at the very least. And, 
it, it, it's a game. It's a game I'm looking forward to, to be quite honest. I mean, Arsenal don't play at all over the weekend itself, so I'm going to be picking out my picking and choosing my fixtures to watch. Yeah, both teams coming off scoreless draws, so hopefully we'll see some goals in this one. And I mean, one player you also missed to mention—that's Mikel Antonio, who you know yep. he, he had nine goals last season, which is not bad. So we'll see what can happen there. Then over on NBC Sports Gold, you got Burnley against Huddersfield, Everton against Bournemouth. And then back at it on the regular TV, you got Manchester City against Crystal Palace. I mean, this is not a happy thing for Crystal Palace. No, it's over under the city score three, you know, three goals over under. I I would say four. Well, I was going to say three and a half, right? Like, are they mm-hmm. going to score four or more, or are they yeah. just going to score three? Yeah, we'll get to that in our scoring predictions. Whew. This could, yeah, I mean, it's not easy, the slate of games for Crystal Palace. And when you're in that poor of a form, too, everything seems to just go against you. I mean, it was a a uh, one nothing loss at home to Southampton last game, and going away to city after this and city being in such great form too i mean that's that's really really tough well and it's tough for palace as well because you know at this point in the season it's rare that only one team is winless but that is true and that one team is palace yes so you know i mean they're bottom of the table minus eight goal differential and oh god they they look all the world for very, very early favorites for relegation. Um, I mean, and it's again, it's way, it's way too early. And I think that you need you need at least 10, 10 games, so twice as many fixtures as we've actually seen in the league to be you know flirting with okay, a little over a quarter, not quite a third of the season gone by, and to kind of see how the table may realistically shake out. Yeah, but I mean, but, if you look at it too, though, sorry to cut you off, but. No, yeah. After the city game, they go to Old Trafford the following mm-hmm. weekend. Then they play at home to oh. Chelsea. Oh, and then Lord. they then they go on the road to Newcastle, who's been playing well. Yeah, I mean, by the time you're talking about the next round of League Cup fixtures, by the time we have the next round of League Cup fixtures, Crystal Palace could still not have a single point in this league. Yes, it's not unthinkable. I mean, I I would expect them to be able to eke out potentially one point, maybe as many as three with a win over Newcastle on the road from these fixtures. But if they, I I have to say from those four games, four points is a huge win for them. Oh, I, w- I would say three points is a huge win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's, but that, you know, with the, the way the rest of the table looks, that's not going to be enough to have them even be, looking at the light of day from the relegation zone, perhaps not even off the bottom. No, and it it continues. I mean, after they play Bristol City, they play West Ham at home, then it's Tottenham away, then it's Everton at home, then it's Stoke at home. So, I mean, Tottenham, and even though Everton has been in poor form too, I feel like by the time we hit mid-November, I think Everton will be in better shape. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be real tough for for old Roy to uh, steer this ship right. 
so we'll see. But I mean, the the fact that they can easily be zero and eight, mm-hmm. that I don't see that as a as a very. It wouldn't surprise me. I would. But I think it's a it's a challenge that suits him, right? You know, I mean, we talked about we talk a lot on this show about like there are you know how much truth is there to the idea that they're small man, like small club managers and big club managers. And I, I think that there is something about the mentality that you have to have. And it's also something about the mentality that leads certain people to be great leaders of underdogs. Right. And I think that Roy Hodgson has shown throughout his career that he can do that, you know, like, and if anyone can do it, I give, you know, it'd be him or big Sam. So, and from a personal you know, not known to have taken bribes perspective, Roy's a couple notches up in my book. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, they just need something. They just need a point to build on. That, that's pretty much it. Southampton yeah. take on Manchester United. That's on NBC Sports Gold. So I might have to bribe Polly so I can get his login or something. Uh, <laughs> Stoke Chelsea, that's on CNBC. Uh, Chelsea trying to keep up with the Manchester clubs. Swansea Watford also on NBC Sports Gold. And Leicester against Liverpool. So a rematch there. Quickly, quick turnaround there for Leicester and Liverpool. How do you think this one is going to shape out compared to the League Cup game? It's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, to turn around that quickly, I find it also fascinating that uh, it's going to be, yeah, the same home side. Because it's at the King Power once again. Yep. Um uh, you know, it's it it's honestly even with Leicester's commendable performance, with all the things that we just said about them, I think it's still a toss-up, right? And I think that Liverpool will still be. I imagine they'll still be slight favorites. You know, I don't make the books. I'm I'm no game line setter, but the quality that Liverpool have, you have to say it's got to be even money at best, even with Leicester having just come off a victory over Liverpool at their home grounds. Uh, I, it's going to be, it's going to be a close one. You know, we'll, we'll save it for the scoring predictions, but um, I, I, yeah, I I think that it's going to be, it's going to be a toss up and I could very well see Leicester city, you know, to, use a phrase from usually home and away in the league, do the double over Liverpool in the span of a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both teams coming off 1-1 draws in league play. So that's interesting too. We should say uh, that uh, also that Chelsea agreed to sell Diego Costa to Atletico Madrid. That came out today. Yeah. I still don't understand fully the, you know, the exceptions, the rule of the t- transfer window closing. I mean, granted, I am the, mostly they're, you know, these loan deals that are negotiated after the close of the window. I mean, is it contingent on the fact that the player is clearly not going to feature for this club? And so they make an exception to, you know, let generally young players, but in this case, a uh, pouty, cheaty old man to get out of their current contracts? I mean, I mean, they're just setting it up so that he'll join them in January. That's when they can yeah. register him. Yeah, it, but it's it's still it's the the out of the window negotiations. Oh, I mean, that's fine. You can always negotiate. It's just that. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I know you can always negotiate it, but yeah. the, the the way that. All right, 
I'm going to immediately own the fact that my subject position as an Arsenal fan changes my take on this and makes it more frustrating because our club at least just is kind of terrible at negotiations and so we act as though well every all other times you know when the window isn't open then our hands are tied it's like we're a trumpet with a mute in our mouths yeah well i mean it's uh, both teams have said that it's a done well it's not a done done deal it's a they agreed for a transfer some and then he needs to do the uh his personal terms and a medical so, and then he will, I'm assuming he's just going to join up in uh, January. I'm not sure if they can loan him out in the meantime. We'll see what happens there. But he won't feature for Atletico until January. And then let's move over to Sunday. One game. That's Brighton against Newcastle. 11 a.m. kickoff Eastern. And then Monday, Arsenal against West Brom. 3 p.m. kickoff. Not the sexiest slate of games this weekend. No, it's, I mean... But it is. I mean, that, that's what it is. It happens. Yeah, I, I, I think that actually, especially considering Leicester coming off the 2-0 victory in the League Cup, um, that's, for me, the tie of the round. Yeah, West Ham Tottenham and then Leicester Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, West Ham Tottenham as well. Um, I mean, I honestly, I'll probably record that. Because I, oh, I'll wake up at dawn to watch Arsenal. I won't wake up at dawn to watch Spurs. Sorry, guys. No, that's fine. Let's move over, though, to the scoring predictions. And first out is West Ham against Tottenham. And I'm still going to give Spurs the edge and go 2-1 to one to them. I I'm just said all this about West Ham having a lot of quality, and I think they do. I still think that at some point this season... They're going to kick on. I don't think that's going to happen yet. 3-1 Tottenham. 3-1 Tottenham. And we have yet. not received Pauly's uh, predictions yet. And we should say that Pauly goes into matchway 6 in the lead. 32 points. I'm second with 30. After a pretty decent week last week, I had 9 points. Pauly had 1 point. And Elliot, you had 4 points. So you're in 3rd with 27 points. Yeah, you... Leapfrog me on that one. Yep, sure did, sure did. Then Stoke, Chelsea. Chelsea's going to take... they got to keep on winning here if they're going to keep up with the Manchester clubs. It's going to be a hard-fought one nothing for Chelsea. I... Yeah, I mean, I think your margin of victory is right, but I don't think that Stoke are going to hold Chelsea to just one goal. Uh, even at home. I mean, it's a tricky place to play, but 2-1 Chelsea. 2-1 Chelsea. And then we got Burnley against Huddersfield. Burnley at home, so I'm going to go 1-0 there. I'm going to give Huddersfield a point in this. I, I think they're going to continue showing us that you know they've got what it takes to compete in this league. 1-1. 1-1. Manchester City, Crystal Palace. I'm going to go 5-0 City. Whew. I think they're going to smack him right in the face. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna go four nil. I'm gonna go four nil. I gave him less than four goals last week, and I sure regretted it. Yep. I mean, that's they're just in incredible scoring form, Aguero. Um, yeah. So you can't really argue with them being huge, huge favorite there. Then Everton against Bournemouth. Mm. This one. Nah, Everton is gonna squeak it out. Two to one. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that scoreline. I think they bounced back uh, after their drubbing last week. And, yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm even going to give them another one. I'm going to say 3 1 ever. Okay. Hat trick from Rooney then. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Southampton, Manchester United. I feel like United showed that they could play without Pogba. Although this scoreline ran away a little bit at the end there against Everton. Two nothing. Yeah, that I I don't know. I want to give the Saints something at home, but I I don't see I don't see them putting much past De Gea. Yeah, two nil sounds right. Okay. You're not gonna make up any points here. <laughs> hey, I just changed my score prediction for Everton, so yeah, that's true. not picking back in twice. Then we got Swansea against Watford. I'm gonna go one one in this one. Um, I don't know. I, if Swansea play anything like they did against Spurs last week, I don't see Watford getting points on the road or getting goals on the road against them or points for that matter. One nil Swans. One nil to Swans, but they got attacked. That's the thing though. They had zero shots on target. Yeah, that's true. But Watford are not top. That is very true. Then Leicester, Liverpool... I'm going to go with Leicester here. I'm going to go with yeah. Leicester. I'm going to go 2-1 Leicester. Uh, I, I don't think either team keeps a sheet, clean sheet this time. I think Liverpool are going to come out firing, but they're going to do the Liverpool thing, which is called conceding goals, and it's going to be a 2-2 draw. Hmm. Then Brighton against Newcastle. That's another 1-1 in my book. Man, Seb, you're still in my tepid thunder here. Hey, Um... I, you know what? I'll I'll give it to the Gulls. One nil Brighton. Okay, one nil Brighton, and then we can close things off here. Arsenal West Brom. I'm going a scoreless draw. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I really want to say that the floodgates are going to open in this one, and I really don't think that's ever much the case against Tony Pulis. One nil to the Arsenal. One nil to the Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, Paulie will get his picks in within within reasonable time here. Otherwise, it's one nothing to all the home teams. That's our new rule for this season. Yeah. So we're gonna insert Paulie's last thought here about Manchester United in their League Cup starting lineup. Uh, anything you want to say, though, Elliot, before we listen to Pauly? Uh, are you asking for my final thought? If you, ha- if you have one. All right, I, I do. And my final thought is, you know, as, as typical as it is of Arsenal supporters to bemoan their state in life as Arsenal supporters and as tepid as the 1-0 loss or 1-0 victory. <laughs> Boy, wasn't that a Freudian slip? was this week in the Carabao Cup. I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Darren Ferguson, the manager of Doncaster Rovers, and, of course, Sir Alex's son. Uh, I mean, they they looked a disciplined team. They knew what they were doing in, you know, building up attack. They knew what they were doing in counterattacking. I mean, this, this is a club that he helped bring up and get promoted to League One. And you know what? I I expect to see them playing in the championship sometime in the next couple of years. So it was frustrating from an Arsenal point of view. I think that Ferguson will be proud of his boys, but also disappointed not to have converted some of those chances that 
you know, Arsenal gifted to them. But it wasn't entirely gifting because they worked hard for him and they looked, uh, you know, clearly a, an outmatched but nonetheless up for it and well-managed side. So all credit to Ferguson and good luck to Doncaster moving forward. And with that, we're going to say goodbye. We're going to listen to Polly. As always, follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Elliot is Keats was better. Polly is P. Questel. So here's Polly's little uh, mobile take. And then uh, we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye bye. Hey guys, it's Paulie coming to you right after a nice bout of some League Cup action. You know, the League Cup, the tournament that no one watches because it's just a bunch of lower league, lower level opposition going up against Premier League teams who are playing their reserves or their youngsters. You know, get some action for some young players to get some first team action and learn what learn what this level's all about. Well, apparently nobody told that to Jose Mourinho who started a team full of first-teamers, guys that have all made first-team appearances for his team this year, with the exception of the club's captain, Michael Carrick. Uh, Every single player that Jose started against Burton Albion in a 4-0 thrashing has been capped by their senior national team. And yet, Jose said, oh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start all these guys, including Marcus Rashford, who routinely starts matches, Anthony Martial, who starts matches all the time, and Juan Mata, who starts almost every match. Now, for certain players, I get it. Victor, uh, Chris Smalling and Victor Lindelof, they need game action. Uh, Mateo Darmian, he can use some game action. Ander Herrera, Michael Carrick, they need Jesse Lingard, they need games. Juan Mata does not need games. I understand Rashford, you want to give him a chance to play as a central striker. He showed, he proved that that's where he belongs again when he scored two goals. He doesn't need game action. There is only one youngster on his bench, and that was Scott McTominay, who played in a few Premier League games last season. So, He's a known quantity for Jose Mourinho. Essentially, what Jose Mourinho said was, we have Scott McTominay. I know, I know who he is. He's okay. But there is not a single other young player who Jose believes in that could have played in place of Juan Mata or Anthony Martial or Marcus Rashford. You do need some firepower in there, but you could have rested two of them and maybe brought Rashford or Mata off the bench if the game was getting dicey. Instead, he says, nope, I don't trust any of the young players. This is what we were afraid of when Jose Mourinho signed on. Now, fans are already forgetting this because we're in the middle of year two and the team is playing so brilliantly, but this is what we were afraid of. What's going to happen next year when he starts burning bridges? What's going to happen when he can't buy players every year because if you haven't noticed, people aren't leaving the club. So eventually you got to stop spending money and signing players. What's going to happen when we ha- when people get hurt and we have nobody to bring up in the pipeline because literally there is not a single player that Jose even believes in that he couldn't give Juan Mata who's been brilliant this season or Marcus Rashford the night off. Romelu Lukaku was on the bench in this game because we literally had no one else. All I can say is if you are going to take the tournament this seriously, you better go and win it. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.